Hey, that's different music, but this is still the Book Society podcast. This is just a special episode. This is uh, our or my year-end roundup, and I'm just going to talk about uh, some of my favorite books of the year. Not necessarily my favorite books that came out this year, but my favorite books that I read this year. Many of them did come out this year. And it's going to be just me. It's going to be pretty short. We're giving Santiago the day off, so there might be some extra ums and ahs. There might be a lot more of me saying and after every sentence than there usually is because that is my vocal tick and Santiago usually edits it out. But I'm not going to probably edit it out too much. Maybe I will just a little bit. But I'm coming to you from my studio in Chatsworth, California. And my, see, there it is. My wife and my two sons have just gone out for a walk, so I have some time to record this for you. So the first thing I'm going to tell you about is the orphaned books. For me, an orphaned book is someone agreed to be on the podcast, chose a book, and then on the day of the podcast, they didn't show up for their interview. I understand. It's okay. We're not going to name who those people are, but uh, I am going to talk about the books that they picked because I read them and I want to talk about them. So the first one, the first orphaned book is Billion Dollar Loser by Reeves Weidman, which is uh, released in 2020. It's from Hachette. And it is the story of WeWork and the story of Adam Newman, who is the founder of WeWork. And it's about how he built up what was essentially a real estate company. Most people probably know WeWork as a place where you can find shared office space. Their business was simply to purchase a few floors of really fabulous office buildings and divide them into small cubicles and rent the cubicles or rooms or whatever and have shared conference rooms and so on. And it was pretty cool. It was a cool little real estate venture, but Adam Newman, the founder, really tried to make it into a lifestyle and into a tech company and into this behemoth that it just wasn't. The business model itself was not conducive to that, but his personality was such that he wanted to be a a mogul and a public mogul and a bit of a cult leader, for lack of a better word. And the book really traces that, and it does not paint him in a very favorable light. But I think there's something delicious about the story of someone who is so successful, a little bit of a huckster, and doesn't get away with it. You know, there's there's not a big difference between Adam Newman, personality-wise, and Mark Zuckerberg, or Adam Newman and the founders of Google, or Adam Newman and Elon Musk. The the difference is that Adam Newman didn't really get away with it. His his company didn't work, his idea didn't work, and he ended up having to leave in disgrace with an insanely large golden parachute. The other interesting centerpiece of Billion Dollar Loser is they go in depth into the IPO that WeWork offered, which an IPO is supposed to be this somewhat technical financial document and theirs was all about feelings and culture, and it was pretty cringe-worthy and very strange. Okay, Billion Dollar Loser. The next orphaned book was none other than Anna Karenina by Leo Tolstoy, originally published in 1878, but the version that I read is the Pavir and Volokonsky translation from 2001. 
And what can I say about Anna Karenina? It's one of the greats. Tolstoy is one of the greats. It starts with one of the best lines in literature. All happy families are alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. So that's a pretty cool way to start a book. And it's great. I'm not going to say much about it. I think it probably will be picked up in a future episode and maybe we'll talk about it in depth with a Russian literature expert. A Promised Land, Barack Obama, 2021, Random House. I just realized that I didn't even write his name in my notes, but obviously it's Barack Obama who wrote that book. And this is, I want to say it's like 500 pages and spoiler alert, it only details the first term of his presidency. So I thought that it was going to be his retrospective, but it is clearly part one of two and maybe part one of three. Maybe he'll write another part about what he did after his presidency, but it was good. Barack Obama, I think he writes these books himself. I think he does. I don't know if they're ghostwritten, but he, if, if he doesn't, whoever is ghostwriting, it has a beautiful voice that is very in keeping with his own. It told some stories of his political career that I didn't know. Like, for example, that he became a senator essentially because his opponent dropped out of the race. He ended up basically running unopposed to become a senator, to become a U.S. senator. I did have a little bit of that television cliffhanger moment where I'm about 50 pages away and thinking there's no way he's going to get the next four years into these 50 pages. And then I realized, yeah, it's just the first four years of his presidency. Good book. I don't know if I would recommend it, but if you're a fan of Barack Obama, go ahead. He doesn't need me to help him sell books, but yeah, buy it if you want. So the next orphaned book is Say Nothing by Patrick Radden Keefe. It's uh, 2019 by Anchor Books. The book is about the troubles, which is the very British polite term for the war in Ireland in the 1990s. Uh, this is the, the one with the IRA and it walks through the history of the IRA through uh, some of the oral history that some people at the time had the foresight to collect on audio tapes. It's really interesting because some of the stuff is very incriminating and they were promised as, as they were recording these audio tapes that they wouldn't be used against them, but the British government ended up, I think, betraying that promise to, to some degree. Patrick Radden Keefe got access to these archives, wrote a brilliant book detailing this period. And all I really knew about the period was that the IRA was a thing. It had something to do with religion and something to do with occupation. I didn't really understand the full history of it and how difficult it was to live in Ireland at that time and how Belfast really was a war zone. Anyway, it was a fascinating book. I do highly recommend that one. Patrick Radden Keefe, Say Nothing. Really good book, especially if you are into history. It's sort of modern history that plays out in a in a contemporary context, or it's ancient history, I guess, that's played out in a contemporary context. Great stuff. Uh, and I was really looking forward to releasing that right next to the Tain episode that we did with Dr. Lisa Battelle, because that was really ancient Irish history. And a lot of the same stuff was going on even uh, 1,200 years ago. Okay, so those are the orphaned books. I'm sad we didn't get to do episodes about them, but maybe we will in the future. I started this show because I had this little problem and the problem was I love reading and when I'm finished with a book or when I'm about to be finished with a book that I'm really into, I get a little bit uncomfortable that the next book I read, I'm not going to like as much. 
And sometimes this causes me to put reading down for a little while until someone hands me a book that they say, you're going to love this, you should read this. And so what I wanted to do was have a really deep and broad backlog of interesting books to read. And so I thought I'd reach out to friends and people who I thought were interesting and intelligent and ask them what their favorite books were. And that grew into this show. And I realized that I think the thing that made me think this could be an interesting podcast was that I never got the same answer twice. You know, you would think that everybody's favorite book would be Middlemarch or something, or everybody's favorite book would be whatever. But everyone that I asked had a different answer and they had a different reason for their different answer. And all of the books that they recommended were amazing. So one of the benefits of this podcast to you, the listener, and to me, the host, is that this is a list of great books. So if you read any of the books we've talked about on this podcast, you're probably going to like it. And I would say, I think I can guarantee that if you pick three, you will love at least one of them. So that's why I started it. With that in mind, I'm going to go into my list of the best books that I've read for the show this year. I've picked five fiction books and five nonfiction books with the caveat that I actually loved all of them. I've picked these just because they stuck out to me, but I really loved all of them. And I'm, uh, I'm not slighting anyone. I'm not slighting any books by not mentioning them. I, I really did love 100% of them. I'm not going to talk about the books too much because there are entire episodes about all of them. So I'm just kind of going to list them. So for nonfiction, Cadillac Desert by Mark Reisner, 1986, Penguin Books. That was a great one about water. It's awesome. That was the episode with Zach Smith. Art and Fear by David Bales and Ted Orland. And that's 1993, Capra Press. That was the episode with Peter Ruby. That was one of my favorites. That was one that we got some mail about because I uh, said some things about the nature of art that people disagreed with. I stand by it, but a lot of people didn't agree with me and that's fine. Stealing Home by Eric Nussbaum, 2020 Hachette. And that was a great one, man. Just history of Dodger Stadium. Can't go wrong with that. I wouldn't, yeah, that book did kind of blow my mind because I had been to Dodger Stadium and have been to Dodger Stadium maybe 30, 40, 50 times. And I didn't know any of that history. It was really interesting. That is the episode with Robert Peterson. If you want to hear us talk about that. Wonder Works by Angus Fletcher, 2020 Simon and Schuster. That is definitely one of my favorite books I've read this year. That is a mind blowing book. It is absolutely required reading for anyone who is interested in storytelling or history or literature or philosophy or the way the mind works or basically anyone who's interested in anything would really like this book. Angus was also the first person who we discussed his book in the episode with Judith Dupre. She picked the book, but I was so impressed by it. And I loved it so much that I just reached out to Angus and asked if I could talk to him. To my great surprise, he said yes. And so there's an episode with Judith Dupree talking about Wonderworks, but there's also an episode with Angus Fletcher where we talk about outliers and then his, uh, the part two episode where we talk about his book. So, so that became kind of a theme for this podcast is that if I read someone's book and they were living and I liked it, I reached out to them and most people said yes and have agreed to be on the podcast. Some people say no, that's fine. But I would say my, my batting average with reaching out to people and saying, I love your book, come be on my podcast is somewhere near 70 or 80% success, which is great. 
I don't mind being rejected three out of 10 times. The last one on the list is Some Mistakes of Moses by Robert G. Ingersoll from 1879. And that was an episode I did with my good friend, Zach Murphy, who was a brilliant artist in many different disciplines and really surprised me with the choice of this book. I had no idea that this was something he was interested in. I had no idea that this book existed. And if you are an atheist or if you're a religious person, this is a great book to read because it's from 1879. It is an atheist manifesto in the tradition of uh, Richard Dawkins or Daniel Dennett or Sam Harris. And, or I should say that they're in the tradition of Ingersoll because he preceded them by about 110 years. But it's really amazing to realize that there were public atheists going around and challenging the veracity of the Bible in 1879, which I've got to imagine was a bit of a more dangerous proposition than it is today. So Some Mistakes of Moses, Robert G. Ingersoll, really great book. So now on to my five favorite fiction books that we read for the podcast. Listeners of the podcast will very easily be able to guess number one on the list, which is Middlemarch by George Eliot. First installment of it was published in 1871, and I think it took a year to get them all out. But yeah, it's a great episode. That's the episode with Julian Gallant, uh, who's a brilliant conductor and a politician. Highly recommend listening to that one. And if you haven't read Middlemarch, then you really should read it. Make that a New Year's resolution. All right, next one, There There by Tommy Orange, 2019 from Vintage. That was one of the first, yeah, that was the first episode we did with um, Esmeralda Santiago, my mom, and a brilliant award-winning best-selling author. But There There is really, really good. It's a novel, takes place, it's, it's a contemporary novel, it's really good. Number three is Perestroika in Paris by Jane Smiley, 2020. Yeah, it's just such a delightful book. I think I was sufficiently effusive about it in the episode with Jane Smiley, but I really loved it. I think everyone should read it. It's really good. So I wasn't sure whether to put this last one in fiction or in nonfiction, but I decided to put it in fiction. But For the Time Being by Annie Dillard, which was originally published in 1999 by Penguin, I think, but I couldn't quite, it's been republished a few times, so I couldn't really find the original publisher. And Annie Dillard is an author who I absolutely wanted to reach out to and want to reach out to and would love to get her on the podcast, but I haven't reached out to her yet, and I probably won't, and I'm going to tell you why. It's because it says on her website, the first page of her website says this, I can no longer travel can't meet with strangers, can't sign books, but will sign labels with self-addressed stomped envelopes. I can't write by request and can't answer letters. I've got to read and concentrate. Why? Beats me. So that's uh, the welcome message on her website. So I think that that's pretty much letting me know that she's not going to do the podcast. So I'm not going to ask. I don't want to bother her. I just realized I said that was the last one, or maybe I said that was number five, but that was wrong because the last one is Watchmen by Alan Moore and David Gibbons, 1986, DC Comics. I had read it before, but I love that episode. That was the episode with Cliff Fluitt, and that was a turning point in the podcast because I had no idea that Cliff was such an expert in that book. Cliff is an attorney who I know because we've spoken on conferences together about AI and music, and he is one of the foremost attorneys for 
music and music startups in the world. So I, I assumed he would pick a music book or something about the law. I had no idea he was such a Watchmen nerd and he knows more about this comic than, than I knew. He knows more about this comic than I thought there was to know. And he also recommended that I watch the 2019 HBO Watchmen series. And I highly recommend, highly recommend that you, if you haven't, if you're not familiar with this world, read the comic, listen to the episode with Cliff, and then watch the series. You, you will absolutely love that experience, I promise. Um, because I had that experience and it was amazing. I've watched the series now twice. It's so good. Okay, so I'm just going to do a few stats of the podcast now. So the most listened to episodes were the Angus Fletcher episodes, Bill Schultz episode, and the Peter Ruby episode. Those were the ones that got the most attention. I just want to give a shout out to everyone who has listened to this podcast. We have listeners in the USA, Canada, United Kingdom, Germany, Spain, Australia, Puerto Rico, Boricuas, Poland, Finland, and China. So we got listeners from all over the world. Uh, it's a little skews a little bit heavier in English speaking countries, obviously, because it's in English about books that are in English, but I'm honored and privileged to be talking to you in other parts of the world. And uh, thanks for listening. So I'm just going to close by telling you guys what's coming up in 2022. We've got some amazing guests, including people whose work we've read already. I think not all of the people on the podcast whose books we've read who are still alive are coming on, but most of them, almost all of them, I think. So we've got a lot of really good guests coming on in the, in the next couple of months. Uh, I, I managed to meet a lot of great authors at the Miami Book Fair, and they're coming on, and they all have really fascinating and interesting books and have chosen really fascinating and interesting books. So that's going to be great. I haven't asked N.K. Jemison yet, but I think I will. I think it's time. And I haven't asked Annie Dillard either for obvious reasons that I already went into. But it's going to be it's going to be a really great next year. We're definitely going to continue the podcast for as long as, I mean, indefinitely, because I really love doing it. And it's really fun. So, uh, and the other thing that's coming up is I have a, I have a book deal now. I will be writing a book. It is due in June, I think. Is it the end of June, beginning of July? I should probably know that. But yeah, I'm writing a book. I'm before I was writing a book on the assumption that I was going to get a deal. And now I am writing a book for a publisher and I haven't signed the paper yet. So I don't want to name the publisher, but I will name it as soon as, uh, as soon as that's done. That's coming up in 2022. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being a listener. If you want to give me a Christmas present, all I want is for you to like and subscribe to this podcast. Maybe leave a really nice review maybe join the mailing list. I'm going to start sending out a newsletter with like links to books and links to where you can buy books and that kind of thing. You know, nothing spammy or annoying. And I may at some point this year become like an Amazon affiliate where if you buy the books through my link, I get, you know, a little piece. But the point of this podcast is not really to monetize it. It's really to, for me to have these fun conversations and for you to be able to listen to them. So uh, so yeah, if you want to give me a Christmas present, like, review, sign up for the um, mailing list at booksocietypod.com. Follow us on Instagram, booksocietypod. So if you prefer to interact on Twitter, I'm not really there, but there is a Twitter for the show. So great story. Good marketing. All right. Thanks a lot. There's not going to be a little post-credit tease because, you know, it's just me and I'm not editing this. So thank you. Happy New Year. So glad that you're listening and look forward to seeing you in 2022. 